Hello and welcome to this podcast on what can we learn from the economic experience on HeartLogic in Belgium. I'm Professor Roy Gardner uh, from the University of Glasgow, also working at the Golden Jubilee National Hospital in the UK, and I'm delighted to be joined by Ward Higgermont, who is a cardiologist with a training in electrophysiology uh, and is a CRT implanter. And he was trained in Leuven in Belgium and is currently working in Alst, which is a large tertiary hospital in Belgium and one of the largest cardiology departments in the country. And Ward, uh, as you will find out, continues to perform high quality translational and clinical research, focusing not just on biomarkers, but also devices. And of course, that's going to be the topic of today's podcast. Now, everyone joining us today knows that heart failure is a big problem worldwide. It affects around 1% to 2% of the population, increasing in prevalence as people get older. And of course, it's associated with high morbidity rates and high mortality rates. And in particular, patients with heart failure are admit, admitted to hospital time and time again. And this is a particularly costly aspect of heart failure. And it usually represent what represents around 1% to 2% of healthcare spending. And in the UK, that equates to around £2.3 billion per year. So heart failure is an expensive condition to manage, and a large proportion of that is related to heart failure hospitalisation. And that's why today's podcast is particularly important. Now, with regards to heart logic, I've been involved in the programme for around 10 years, but in fact, this type of technology has been in the making for two decades or so. And of course, it all stems from the Multisense study, which is a 900 patient study using the Boston Cognos device. And as you will know, it uses a suite of sensors looking at heart sounds, particularly the first and third heart sounds, markers of ventilation, activity, thoracic impedance, and so on and so forth. And of course, together, this gives a sort of triage system or a heart logic index to identify patients who are running into trouble. And I know Dr. Hegerman has extensive experience with heart logic. And in fact, as you will see from his recent paper, also has been looking at the economic impact of using heart logic. So, Ward, thank you very much for joining us today. Can I just start with a, a few questions? Yes, of course. First of all, thank you for your very kind introduction and for this invitation to this uh, podcast. You're most welcome. I'm delighted you're joining us. Can you explain briefly the rationale for your paper that you've just had published? Yes, of course. Um, what I want to acknowledge is the joint effort of this work by the Cardiovascular Centre Alst in Belgium, the Leiden University in the Netherlands, and also the Cardiocentro in Switzerland. We in Alst, we started using HeartLogic in June 2018. And while we pioneered with this algorithm in Belgium, soon we were interested to hear of experiences of colleagues in other countries to see how they implemented HeartLogic in their clinical practice. And after some interesting meetings, the idea grew to perform a scientific study on the role of HeartLogic in the follow-up of heart failure patients, and hence be among the first to provide real-world data about the clinical and health economic impact, since we know that the results of the Manage HF trial will at best be published in 2023 or 2024. The rationale of our paper is as follows. The study was non-blinded, of course, to the investigators, and it has a pre-post design. The intervention is the activation of heart logic on top of standard heart failure care. And the year before activation is then compared with the full year after activation of HeartLogic. 
clinical outcome parameters were hospitalization for heart failure, number of outpatient visits, number of one-day clinic visits. As can be read also in the paper, activation of heart logic resulted in a significant decrease in the number of hospitalizations for heart failure and in the proportion of patients hospitalized for heart failure. Furthermore, in the subset of the Belgian patients, a healthy economic analysis on the activation of heart logic was performed within the framework, of course, of the Belgian healthcare system. Thank you very much. And what were the key economic data points you would highlight from your paper? Well, also here, I would like to thank some co-authors from Deloitte Health Economic Outcome Research because they have put tremendous effort in analyzing this data subset. And they are really skilled in understanding the Belgian healthcare system, knowledge that is paramount to be able to perform a meaningful health economic analysis. Essentially, we analyzed all possible costs related to medical care for these patients in the year before and the year after activation of HeartLogic. There are three exceptions, however. First, medication purchased in pharmacies outside the hospital were not taken into account because it was practically completely impossible to retrieve these uh, informations. And second, all costs that were not related to heart failure care were not taken into account. And I will give two examples to make it very concrete. The costs related to, for example, an elective cholecystectomy were not taken into account because this has nothing to do with heart failure. But on the other hand, a pneumonology workup in the differential diagnosis of a decompensation was taken into account because this related to a hospitalization for heart failure. So we wanted to give a real world perspective on costs. And the third important remark that I want to make is that costs related to telemonitoring per se were not taken into account because currently there is no reimbursement in Belgium for this type of telemonitoring. However, since all patients were on telemonitoring before and after activation, this would not make any meaningful difference. The results of our analysis, of which the raw data consisted of more than 10,000 separate costing lines, showed a significant decrease in total costs related to heart failure care after activation of HeartLogic. And this decrease totally went in line with the fact that the number of hospitalizations also decreased substantially. Indeed, a hospitalization for heart failure goes along with more imaging tests, more blood work analyses, more invasive procedures, which all cost money. And importantly, the use of heart logic did not result in higher ambulatory costs, which can be considered a pleasant surprise. Again, in our opinion, this can be explained by the fact that Implementing heart logic not necessarily means increasing the frequency or total number of outpatient visits. Rather, there is a shift from outpatient visits from patients who are stable towards patients who are less stable and require more attention. Thank you very much. I mean, certainly the data that you've demonstrated makes a lot of sense to me. We have an algorithm here that's designed to try and reduce hospitalization. We know that hospitalization is very costly for the patient. It's very costly for the healthcare environment, whichever country you work in. And so by reducing hospitalization, clearly you must be reducing costs. So thank you for illustrating that so, so beautifully. 
So what would you say to people who say that these data don't apply to them, maybe to their centre, to their country, or indeed their patients? Well, I do acknowledge that the health economic data must be interpreted in the framework of the situation in which the analysis was performed, meaning a Belgian healthcare system that is based on a fee-for-service system combined with lump sum financing and DRG-related modifications. The substantial differences in healthcare systems across Europe was one of the main reasons why this analysis was not done in the Netherlands nor Switzerland for this manuscript. And even if this analysis was done, pooling of the results would hardly be possible. Also, one must take into account that the cardiovascular center is indeed providing advanced heart failure care, including heart transplantations, meaning that these results are not a one-size-fits-all. On the other hand, these data have their merits in the sense that the net difference in savings was so substantial in a small patient population that even with all the drawbacks mentioned, it is highly likely that use of heart logic would be rewarding from a financial point of view, at least for third payers, such as the society, the government, insurance companies, and even for the patient, also in other healthcare systems and other countries. Because like you mentioned before, one can one cannot ignore that no matter in which healthcare framework one is operating, hospitalization for heart failure are expensive. In some countries, financial systems are into play that, that give incentives to shorter hospitalizations and financial punishment to prolonged hospitalizations. But one can wonder whether squeezing the length of stay to the absolute minimum is the best thing to do for a patient with heart failure. It is more important to look at readmission rate, time to first rehospitalization. And as you certainly know, there is literature demonstrating that too short hospitalizations with patients that are not completely uvolemic at, at discharge, well, these patients are at high risk for rehospitalization. So here you have a system that seems to be able to prevent hospitalizations for heart failure. I think this is beneficial for the patient in the first place, but also for the heart failure physicians and for third payers. It's a clinically and economically relevant tool. The only advice I would give to colleagues working in another country, another environment, willing to implement this technology is that a workflow should be carved out with the team, a workflow that really blends in the organization to facilitate the use of the algorithm. And another remark I would like to make is that I believe the biggest net gain can be achieved in those patients who are at high risk for hospitalization. These are the severe heart failure patients, elderly, frail patients, patients who most likely have a CRT pacemaker and not a defibrillator. So I think that value and usefulness of heart logic would increase if it was available on these devices as well. I thoroughly agree with, agree with you and, and indeed very wise words you've come out with. So thank you very much for joining me on this podcast. Uh, I think this has been very, very useful. If the audience has found this useful, as I'm sure you have, we can direct you towards the Radcliffe webinar where Ward and I also discuss this paper in further detail. So I'd like to thank you for joining me and I'd like to thank the audience for listening. My thank pleasure. You all.